The Dr. Chris Griffin Show, Season 1, Episode 17. It is not that we have so little time, but that we lose so much of it. Now, who said that? Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Ah, that is a great quote, is it not? And we know, I guess it should be a great quote because it's a classic quote. That was none other than Lucius Ananias Seneca, often simply known as Seneca. And uh, thank you, Dr. Goodfellow. He was a Roman Stoic philosopher, a statesman, a humorist in the Silver Age of Latin literature. There's one that you probably haven't thought about since college, and you may have not even thought about it then. But uh, a really cool thing about Seneca, he's got a lot of great quotes out there, but he was a tutor and an advisor to Emperor Nero. Yes, the infamous Emperor Nero. And later on, in fact, he was forced to commit suicide because uh, supposedly he was in on the conspiracy to assassinate Nero, the last emperor of the Julio-Claudian line. So uh, also... Wikipedia says he may well have been innocent, but nonetheless, he made a heck of a quote because it's really not that there's not enough time out there, folks. It's that we lose so much time doing wasted things. That's just the way it is. That is a really core backbone principle of the lean system we've been talking about, the Toyota production system that falls right along in line with that. And today, we're going to dive into a lot of waste, okay? Not physically, not like diving into the sewage. No, we're going to dive into the waste in your dental practice. We're going to talk a little bit about scheduling, the scheduling waste. Then we're going to get into the seven deadly dental waste, which is a play off the seven deadly waste in the lean management system. I mean, we've got so much to go through today. Cycle time, opportunity cost sterilization cycles, how to cut everything down to the most efficient means possible. Today is the nuts and bolts of every bit of that. And let's let's go right back to the lecture and let's get to it, guys. I'm really excited. Hajunka, that's a scheduling term uh, for lean management. You know, there's a trick to scheduling. Who in here schedules of you guys? All right, trick to it, right? It's rarely black and white. You can hardly ever say it's black and white. It's one of the tougher things that we ever train. There's a little bit of an art to it, and you know that. I hate block scheduling. It's one of those things I just despise with all my being because when I used to try to do block scheduling, invariably what happens? Yeah. Yeah. So you just wasted all that chair time. Wouldn't it be better if you were so efficient that you were, you know, you could always just work people in as things were needed, or at least a lot of them. Uh, they have a concept called uh, the seven deadly wastes, and so this is just my take on that, the seven deadly dental wastes. Perishable inventory, like I said, I believe that's really time. Wasted motion, that's a little ticky-tack. It's true, if I'm doing a root canal, 
and I have to continually change my field of vision with my loops on because my staff's not getting stuff to my field of delivery at the right amount of time, it takes longer. My eyes get tireder. At the end of the day, my eyes are blurry. It probably makes, it probably will hurt my vision down the road, right? So it's a lot better if things are so smooth you don't have to do that. And that's just on anything. Don't waste motions you don't have to. Waiting time. Patients are waiting. Staff's waiting. Uh, you don't want any of that. Doctor waiting. Lord forbid that one, right? You don't want the doctor to, to show up at the room and not have an assistant and ready to get going. The room we already talked about, if, you know, if the room's just sitting there waiting and there's some kind of hold up in the back getting the financials done and the room's ready for that patient, but because we didn't verify the insurance when we were supposed to when that patient walked in the door, now the room's waiting, doctor's ready, staff's ready, patient's ready. We just can't get the financials done, so that's, that's a waste. Procedure processing time, I'll tell you guys how to do this. I doubt seriously anybody will do it. It's really powerful if you can make yourself do it. If you could just make yourself do it on crown preps, like your biggest procedure, you're the scheduler, right? Do you have, well, you too, do you have, what percentage confidence do you have in how long something's going to take to get done? 98%? Oh, really? Are you serious? You're lying to me. Are you kidding? Oh, man. You mean, that is awesome. Give me a break. I got to give you a book. Here, I'm giving you a book. Look at this. This is one of my all-time favorite books. You ever read this? Atlas Shrugged? No. Oh man, this is your homework for the next year. This is a good book now. This is a, it's on the top 10 list of, of CEOs books every single year. Atlas Shrugged. Uh, it's, a, it's actually fiction, but this year in a presidential year, you should really read that. It's really, you'll get a kick out of it. So anyway, if you haven't done that, it's really good to know how long it takes you to do anesthesia, how long it takes you to set a room up, how long it takes you to do the actual doctor part of the procedure, how long it takes the assistant to do their part, like they're doing a crown pre uh, temporary, and how long it takes to clean the room up so it's once again ready for the next patient. And an easy way to do this is there's, if you have uh, Windows computers, there's a website called onlinestopwatch.com. It's online-stopwatch.com. You can open that up five times and minimize them. And then if you come in to give the shot, have your staff just start the top left one, you can get through that, stop it, and each part of the procedure you measure. And so you're not just measuring an overall procedure time, you're actually measuring each segment. So we always find there's sometimes there's stuff like, one time we found, um, gosh, it was taking forever to get people out, and I'm like, what's going on here? I know I don't think I've gotten slower, so we started measuring again. And it turned out it was the temporaries, the assistants, because I had some new staff. I had assumed that they were as fast as we were used to, and they were not. So what do you think we did once we figured that out? Do some training on temporaries. Now it's back to normal after a few weeks, right? So it's very powerful if you'll do it. A little bit painful. Some people don't want to do it, but it's really good. You know, this goes without saying. Try to do stuff right the first time. You know. I have people, I have, well, the reason I bring this up is because I see it in a lot of dental offices. They tell me, I just don't see how you do that much production in a day. What do you do about all the dentistry that you're having to redo? And I'm like, are you doing, redoing a lot of dentistry? Because, <laughs> okay, well, try not to do that, right? Do it right on the front end. If you can, try not to get sloppy with your stuff because there are practices out there that redo a lot of stuff. It's not good. 
Opportunity cost. There is a ton of opportunity cost lost at the telephones. We talked about that this morning. If you're not training and you're not listening to how people, you know, I was talking to this guy last night. Now, he did something that you guys may not want to do. I bet you staff for sure don't want to do it. But he actually has more than one practice. And he has found, just as almost everyone that tries to have multiple practices has found, if you're not physically in the building at a particular practice, the other practice, you know, they're not as productive. I hate to say it goes to pot, but it's not as productive. Like if you... If you're here, but you have an associate there, and the associate's running this one today, this one's going to be better. It's going to be more efficient. So he actually put video cameras with microphones in every op and at every workstation, even the front desk. And so he can actually go back and, like John Gruden does the, the QB uh, film sessions, he can go in with his associates or his staff and say, okay, look, you guys didn't meet anywhere near your goals today. Let's look at the tape, right? You know, they look at the case presentations. How did this, why did this not work out? And they go through it. The front office people, boy, they've, you know, they're not as sloppy as they were when that's happening. I'm not suggesting you do that. I'm just saying that's one of the more interesting ideas I'd ever heard. But if at the very least, you've got to train your people to the point where they're not sloppy on the phones and they're not costing you opportunity costs. It used to be, I believe, that just getting more new patients was the end-all be-all of everything. And like I said, I used to believe that when I was doing 150 new patients a month. But nowadays, I don't think that's nearly as important as not squandering the opportunity you have with just the patients that are coming in. And the last waste that I'll talk about is waste, uh, this, this, you know, so we talked about the templates, right, for the room setups. Now, there are things that have to be just right for the doctor that you can't put on a poster. Like, for example, how about having the water already coming out of the high speed without you having to cut it on? Well, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know if I can read that, but okay. Yeah, clean patient mirror. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that doesn't fit on a poster board. It's just, but it still needs to be done for the room to be perfect. So it, in the beginning, the way that I solved this was for each major procedure in my office, and I think we figured out there was like 13 of them, I had a checklist, all right? And so the checklist worked in conjunction with the template, the templates for the supplies, the checklist for everything else. And so I knew that if the template was right and the assistant had gone through and checked off everything on the checklist, everything would be right. But we had 13 checklists in the setup room, and so the assistants had to get everything ready for a composite resin, then they had to go over and find the composite resin checklist and pull it and go, it's just too complicated. So I thought, well, you know, we talked about duplication of uh, tasks earlier. I bet there's duplication on each checklist because there's got to be, right? Procedures are too similar. So I actually took the 13 checklists and I laid them in a, on a, in a big row. I actually did this in, in the floor of my basement one Saturday. So I, how crazy I am, I laid them out and I just stared at them. And I'm like, what can I do? And I'd just taken ACLS, right? I'd taken ACLS, ACLS at UAB, and I thought, oh yeah, you know, in ACLS, we did all these algorithms, you know, for the, the heart and all this stuff. If somebody's having a heart attack or, or pulseless electrical activity, and I uh, said, I wonder if I could do an algorithm for checklists so I didn't have to have 13 of them. And so it turned out that 
All 13 of those checklists had every one of these items on them, right? Well, I guess five more had these items on them. Five more had, uh, had, these, yeah, had these items on them. And so everything just sort of flows like an algorithm. The major procedures are all around the outside. You know, sealant, exam, crown seat, everything we do. Extraction, crown prep, root canal, post, resin. So what, the way this thing here works, and this is an advanced strategy. I'm not expecting you guys to come out and do this tomorrow. But uh, if you are doing a crown prep, you start on the outside and you work your way in with the arrows. Okay, you mark off these four things. Then if you're doing a post, you check that off. If not, you just go straight into this. You check these seven things off. Then you flow to that. You always follow the arrow. Then you check this 12 or 13 things off. Follow the arrow. Check those five things off. Follow the arrow. There's one more crown prep item. Check that off. And boom. Now you've done the crown prep checklist, except you just did on one sheet of paper. So now you only have to print up that one sheet of paper. You don't have to go hunt the 13 checklists. Everybody can just grab one sheet of paper, one template, go to the room, and they're good to go. If you want to go to the trouble of doing a checklist. Now, like I said, there's some painful stuff if you want to get excellent. And this was one of the things that you probably would want to do last because your staff will certainly push back on this one. But if, you, if you're serious about not wasting time, if you don't do, listen, my staff to this day pushes back on me. About two or three times a year, I have, see, I get busy and I don't even notice it. It got so bad last year that I started having to print this checklist instead of on white paper, I print it on bright yellow paper now. You know why? Because if I'm walking down the hall and I do not see a bright yellow piece of paper sticking out of the side of the little holder we have in the room, I know they didn't do the checklist, even though they wrote it on the board like they're not supposed to. And so I just won't go in there. So I won't, if I don't see a yellow piece of paper, I get on the radio and I say, there's no uh, checklist in room seven. And then everybody's like, oh, no. And they run in there. You know, and the clinical team leader's like, what happened? But Anyway, I have to do that in my practice, so I know it's tough. And if you've never done this, it's going to be really tough. But if you know if there's a checklist done, it's ready, right? There's no waste there. There can't be. It's impossible. Or you can't have staff that gets lazy and, like, they mark it off, but they really didn't do it. I've had that happen before. Then you have to, you have to recalibrate and have a little coaching session with your staff. Yeah, so anyway, I have had people in the past lie to me and just check it off and not really do it. But when they get caught then, I mean, first offense, it's not like I'm going to fire them, but I always, I mean, I'll make the comment. I'll say, you know, I hate to have liars working for me. I really do. <laughs> and so, you know, usually that gets the point across. But it's true. I mean, how could you check something off on here and not do it and think that that's not lying? But anyway. Okay. The four pillars of the environment. We already talked about this. Talked about the... Uh, the visual learning, the templates, we talked about what perfect means. Uh, this is another way we save time. Do you guys, have, I mean, have you guys actually thought through like a flow in your sterilization room? Some of y'all probably have. It's pretty common. Have y'all thought about how things need to flow around or did you guys just stick the different stuff in there as you bought it and not really worry about it? Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, so on, in my deal, I tried to put some thought into it. So 
the baskets that we use to carry the supplies, so here are the baskets, right? So, I mean, we keep them off the ground, but pretty much we pick them up, wipe the bottom off one time, but they should be sterile. We wipe them real good, you know, we spray them down and wipe them as they come out of the room. But So we grab this, we go to the, the rotation is you grab that, you get the supplies out, you go to the room, well then as you come back from the room, after everything's dirty, you put everything back in that same bucket that stayed in the room, you come here, you set it on the far left side of the cabinetry, there's a little slot there for garbage that's done, you know, non, non red bag garbage, put it there, you know, put any red bag garbage where it goes, but then the instruments, they go into the sink, uh, then they go into the ultrasonic, then they go into the autoclave. Now, I don't have many more. Before the fire, I had two uh, dishwashers that I used to use. I really honestly didn't see a huge improvement. And I think I read, I read an article not too long ago where they said instrument washers really were not, uh, did not improve overall instrument sterilization. So I did not put them in the new building. But anyway, that's the flow. You got the autoclave. And then this is just, normally these would be wrapped. I did this for uh, picture purposes, but so then the, the cassettes go into these racks, so that way there's just a, you know, a good clockwise flow to everything in the sterilization room. And oh, here's a good one. You know, I talked about the burrs and how I got everything down to 15 burrs to save on efficiency. Well, in the good old days, we probably had seven or eight different kinds of cassettes in the office, right? So you've got whatever cassettes you use, then hygiene would have a Profi cassette, and then Hygiene would have this, I don't know what you call it, this thing that would open up 15 times that has all the scaling instruments in it. You know, you ever seen one of those? You know what I'm talking about? All these scaling, different scalers. Maybe you guys, y'all don't have a lot of problems. You guys are awesome. <laughs> anyway, a lot of hygienists, and my hygienists used to always feel like they had to have, you know, 15 different scalers out when they were doing a scaling root flame. So, Anyway, this is one of the more, I still, they still have that monstrous amount of uh, scalers in a cassette, but they don't bust it open very often. Um, I told the hygienist I wanted them to pick a cassette, that they, a small cassette that they could use for pretty much every procedure in simple scaling root planes. So I let them have, you know, I said, hey, these scalers have two sides, so picks, you know, give you like two of them, you can have like four sides, right? You can have four scalar type thingies you like, and then a mirror and explorer and a probe, you should be good. So, uh, so they have their cassette. Right, so then, then I combined everything that, you know, I actually took a hit too. I combined all my fancy cassettes into one, what we call a universal cassette. So that's the only kind of cassette that I use, except we have an extraction cassette, obviously. So we have the hygiene cassette, the universal cassette, and an extraction cassette. So that simplified, you know, cassettes a whole lot for us. Uh, this is what we talked about before. Pick a basket up, go left to right, cafeteria style. Everything that's in a particular color, throw it in the bin. We talked about the redundancy already. Yes, sir. <clears throat> oh, yeah, man, that's good. That's a good observation. My rooms have basically nothing in them. They have a dental chair. So like, so in my rooms, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm big on this, you know, I'm big on being able to deploy to different areas as needed. So there, I do have carts, a few. So I have root canal carts and extraction carts, okay? Now my rooms, they're a blank canvas 
in the morning. Well, now I say that. The night before, we set up the first couple of rooms for the next day. But I have six doctor's side rooms, right? They're a blank canvas. They don't have anything in them. So what I do, I also have, <coughs> I have these uh, rollable AV carts. They're made out of metal. So I don't have any cabinetry anymore, right? Uh, this is a huge waste of space. You can make your operatory so much smaller and sleeker if you don't even have cabinetry. And, and, when, and I got, you know, the reason I put cabinetry in, I'm walking around the rubble of the fire, and I'm just trying, I'm trying my best to, uh, I'm trying my best to find some supplies or some hand instruments or anything I can find that I could clean up and use without having to buy everything new. I mean, you know, you know, you dig in, I'm looking in cabinets. I'm looking in all the operatory cabinets for supplies, trying to find instruments. So I would open them up, I would take a crowbar, I'd pop them open, nothing in it. Crowbar, pop it open, nothing in it. The only person, the only person in the whole building that had anything in their cabinets, and I had a cabinet on each side, right? Big old nice pretty wood cabinet with a marble top. One of my hygienists, from the 99 hygienist, right? She had squirreled away probably 200 instruments of different varieties. If it had not been for her, I would have had to bought so much more stuff when I started over. Because, I mean, I got just 20 explorers and, and scalers and spoons. I don't know what she's using spoons for. I think she just had, it was like an intra-office klepto. Like she didn't steal and take it home, but she would like steal from the central supply and put it in her cabinet. But everybody else's cabinet was completely empty. Completely empty. So why am I going to put this gigantic, monstrous piece of wood and marble in an operatory if nobody's going to use it? And so we don't have that at all. And so at 12 o'clock now, behind my, I have a, you know, I've got real nice 8-8 eight, eight dental chairs, but I got the 8-8 eight, eight dental chair. Then I have these uh, easily deployable AV carts. You know, they're proper height. They're adjustable height. They're all metal. So you spray them. They actually, they're that powder-coated metal. Spray them down. And so they fit my templates perfectly. And so we roll one in, lock the wheels down. It's got a, you know, the middle is empty, so my nitrous hoses go through it easy and stuff. I want to roll my nitrous in, plug it in. Um, the chairs are, of course, rollable. They roll them in. What else is deployed? Oh, the carts. Yeah, so I'm doing a root canal extraction. Roll that cart up beside the AV cart that has the template on it with all the supplies. Lock it in. Man, we're ready to go. We're just like nothing ready for procedure, boom, clean up, everything's out. Clean, canvas, even my computers. So instead of putting in, instead of putting a computer in every op like I had, 20-something computers, now for my whole clinical operation, we run the whole thing off three laptops that are on rollable laptop carts. Now, I did give two of my hygienists, the older two, their own personal computer that's actually stationary because I didn't want to hear it. But the third hygienist and all of my six ops, they all work off the three rolling laptops. So they roll a laptop in. Um, I do have, uh, you know, I've got the DSL ports in there. We try to run it off Wi-Fi. We've got the DSL ports, though, in case the Wi-Fi signal gets squirrely. So roll that in, lock it in, pull up Dentrix, pull up the imaging software, and we're good, man. And so we just, do, we just do that from room to room. It just flows from room to room. And uh, there's no, like my wife, 
My wife cleans my office, right? She wanted to do it. I don't know why, but she does it. So, you know, also it's making her life easier when she cleans the office on the weekend because there's no nooks and crannies. There's no places to trap dirt. Everything's just out. Your operators are slick. So, anyway, that's how, that, that's how we do that. Yeah, there's an exam. It's on here. There's the exam checklist. The exam cassette is the same as the hygiene cassette. So we try to keep everything, you know, simple as possible. Hygienists and us for exams use that same cassette. And they've got a little checklist. We don't have a template for exams because there's just not that much that goes in there. But yeah, I mean, you got um, endo spray, cotton pliers, cotton, fract finder, you know, and the little cassette and all that stuff. I mean, so yeah, just follow the checklist and you're good to go. Here are some variations on the templates. These are some of my uh, former clients. Now, the, this is Dr. Brian from West Memphis on the right. Uh, he's got a uh, tooth dribbling a basketball in the background of all his templates because he loves basketball, right? The left, this one is one of my all-time favorites. Now, <laughs> okay, this is a true story. Does anybody have any idea why this one's shaped the way it is? Well, I mean, of course, cabinets come in different sizes and shapes, but the real peculiar part about this one is the cutout at the top. His staff could not live with the idea of having the gauze in a jar and the tongue depressors and suction tips anywhere else except exactly right there in the whole room in the middle of his area where he wanted his supplies. So instead of fighting his staff on moving those three jars just down the cabinet two and a half feet to have a nice square area, he actually made his template go around it, right? He went around it just to make them happy. That's true. That's true. That's Dr. Deloach up in Nashville. So anyway, there's more than one way to skin a cat with this thing. Now, there are a lot of ways to skin a cat when this is concerned. As long as you're following those basic core principles of lean practice management that we've been talking about, you can do your own thing, absolutely. You can create your own way, but you do have to have some element of each of these concepts or your flow and your practice is never going to be as smooth as it can be, and you're going to be wondering how we do so much same-day dentistry and production, and you just can't seem to do it even though you're a great dentist. And so many great dentists out there just cannot grasp the concept of the, the flow and the workflow choreography like we've taught it. And so next week, we're going to actually dive in even further. A little bit of my world-famous orange card lecture, which discusses how we use the principle of Kanban, uh, also coupled with some other practice management principles to create this device, this tool that allows us to really supercharge our case acceptance percentage, get a lot of same-day dentistry done, do a lot of production, uh, really stay on track, keep the dentist on track so they know exactly what's going on every time they walk into an operatory. And we're going to also round up this OKC lecture with a few odds and ends. So everybody, we're looking really forward to next week. Thank you so much for paying close attention this week. As always, we appreciate all your reviews, your suggestions, anything you want to give us. We're so proud to have them. So everybody, we will see you next time. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. 
Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice so when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of The Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in.